welcome back to Bridge the Gap, another episode. Uh, and we thank you, first of all, for being our listeners. And we try to give you as much wonderful information as we can, always something surprising. Uh, today, we're actually talking to Michael Harris, and he is actually a gentleman who has been focused on educating about African-American history, especially in California. And he has had the opportunity to sit with some of the um, authors and get to know them personally that we have actually dealt with in our um, book club that we have that's called Becoming Culturally Competent Book Club. Uh, One of these authors that we have read, it's called They Came Before Columbus, is the name of the book, The African Presence in Ancient America. It's by uh, Ivan Van Sertima, and it's amazing. He has actually had an opportunity to to sit with and learn from him uh, before his passing. And then also Dr. Joy DeGuer, which is another one of our books, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, that we read about maybe three years ago. Uh, He brings out some really interesting things because he talks about in 1844, uh, African founding fathers of California. So I'm sure you will want to know more about that. Uh, He also talks about things like agriculture in California's $350 billion farmer's market or industry. And in addition to that is the spiritual experience and effects of being on land that the African population founded in the state of California and what that experience is like. So he has been teaching 18 to 35 year olds more about agriculture. And when he talks about agriculture, he's not just talking about, you know, planting. He's talking about everything and every industry that has something to do with that. His number one suggestion for us all is to join the Farm Bureau, the local Farm Bureau in your city, state, country, wherever you may be. And so I will let him uh, take the time to introduce himself. Uh, The focus that he will talk more about in during this podcast will be in Erie in Folsom, California called Negro Hill or Negro Bar. Uh, And this is an area that he's still developing and working with others to get this developed with different programs and uh, history and other things that will be of interest to, I think, anyone, uh, especially, I think, uh, our African-American children who may not have learned this information in school. So, and that's for many of us who never learned about the African founding fathers of California. Uh, But it's interesting, some of his wonderful facts you will find in other books we have read, such as Growing Up with the Country by uh, Kendra Field and also The Christian Imagination by Willie James Jennings. So uh, if you'll hold on there, I'll be right back with Michael Harris, and I'm sure you will learn something today. Welcome again to Bridge the Gap. Uh, this is Shirley Smith, and I'm sitting here with Michael Harris. And so, Michael, give us an uh, introduction of yourself. Tell us uh, where you're from, who you are, uh, how did you get interested in the projects and various things that you're involved in concerning history? Well, it, first, it's a, it's a blessing to be here and to share uh, this time in 
know, in this, this special new year. Um, my name is Michael Harris. I was born here in uh, Sacramento, uh, McClellan Air Force Base. Uh, my, my mother is uh, Choctaw County, Alabama. Uh, you know, just a beautiful butter pecan sister. Uh, my father is from <coughs> Richland Parish, Louisiana. Washington Nation. My mom is Choctaw, and uh, I was born in '63, a, a week after President Kennedy was killed. And born, went to public schools in Sacramento. Uh, graduated Valley High School in '81. Uh, went, moved to Santa Cruz on the beach in Boardwalk. Went to uh, Carrillo College, and. Uh, Came back to Sacramento, started family, and uh, worked worked a lot of good jobs. The principal job was <clears throat> Procter and Gamble, uh, uh, helped make the big boxes of soap into small boxes of soap, and learned about global consumer products uh, distribution systems with, with Procter and Gamble, and then went into the military, uh, fixed biomedical machines, uh, worked in hospitals. San Francisco Letterman Hospital and you know just when Procter & Gamble shut down I kind of dove into setting up Sacramento African Culture Center because I didn't know enough about my culture and so as I uh, learned something the next day I was I would teach it in, in the best way I knew how and so we've been doing that now 25 years uh, okay. all over <laughs> the earth okay. And so the Sacramento African Center, where would, uh, where was Well, that? that was, we were at, down in Oak Park, the Women's Civic Improvement Center. They had a couple of old, older bungalow buildings. <clears throat> we picked one of them up and we had an African Culture Center there uh, at the turn of the century, 1998, 2000. And then they went, they were in bankruptcy and we were one of the casualties. We had to shut down the facility there. To Broadway, no, not Broadway, uh, the Stockton Boulevard, okay. uh, and a warehouse. And then when that, <laughs> uh, we, we had to leave that facility, and then we decided we, we need to put it on a farm somewhere. And so that's what we've been working on for about 20 years now, uh, working with uh, the highest level of the Department of Agriculture, in Washington D.C., to be able to. Uh, have a space so we could just grow food uh, and then found out what the issue really was. So yeah, that uh, is where we are today. It's finally have uh, a, another victory of sorts. Uh, it's picked for three, the class action lawsuit uh, where the government discriminated against black farmers, black land laws. I mean, it's, it's just been a wonderful journey, very difficult journey, but uh, very rewarding. And so come back to Sacramento and now we're back home and uh, here in Folsom, California and uh, lifting as we climb in the historic towns of Negro Bar, Negro Hill, uh, Negro Village next to Suttersport and telling that history in a way uh, inside of a state park, five acre production. the Underground Railroad Network for Freedom. We're able to bring all of these elements together 
in a coherent fashion inside of the state park. And that's, uh, that's what we're doing right now. Okay. And so you had mentioned the Department of Agriculture. You've been all the way there. Who who are some of your partners that you work with or who are, who's helping well, you? Well, it, it, it wasn't so much partners. We were, you know, the biggest black farm organization. <laughs> there were like eight of them at the time in, uh, in 2006. And I rode in with uh, Black Farmers and Ag Association based in Tillery, North Carolina. At, uh, the, the Southern Cooperatives okay. uh, in Georgia, okay. uh, Alice Cornelius Blanding, the okay. uh, Arkansas crew, the Mississippi. I mean, the... world and the number of people that are actually doing the work for black farmers nationwide it's in those days was very small and um, the queen uh, Shirley Sherrard down in Georgia uh, she kind of held it all together um, and of course the, the lawyers out of North Carolina the uh, Black Land Law Prevention Project uh, they kind of pulled it all together uh, because, you know, every four years it's a farm bill and it is law. And we don't have enough lawyers dealing with $1 trillion worth of money and breaking that up and writing laws uh, that would benefit people of African descent. And so I was okay. blessed to be in that room and be able to make <laughs> make some contributions. Okay, so when you say one trillion dollars, what what do you mean? Is there one trillion dollars set aside somewhere? Well, it's it's in a it's in a bill. Every four years, there is a federal bill mm-hmm. that has about fifteen uh, different sections, and it deals with the totality of <clears throat> the agricultural industry, weights and measures, uh, conservation, uh, you know, how are they going to subsidize paying and not paying and people that don't grow. Uh, it's a pretty big bill. Uh, usually it's around 1,200 pages and very few people read it. And you don't have to read all of it. Just read the sections that concern you, but most people refuse to read it and then have all sorts of conversations and opinions about something they never read. <laughs> okay. okay, and the reason why I'm asking uh, this is because I'm actually a member of the Southern Cooperative Federation of Landowners and that uh, exists out of Atlanta. And so um, I've only attended a few of the meetings because I live in California. <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, I'm trying to stick my head in to understand what to do. And just recently, uh, I know that they had just, I guess, an emergency funding that uh, President Biden had to do with just a few billion dollars. Uh, so if people had been discriminated against, uh, farmers, black farmers had been discriminated against uh, with getting money too far to do whatever they need to do on their land when they had the right to actually apply for some money. But I'm hearing, too, that 
you have to um, be excellent, I'll put it that way, in how you fill out the application that I think is simple. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of folks running around, they got, they're getting paid to provide you free technical assistance to fill out the 40 page application. Yes. As I said, this is this is the third go round of providing relief for people that were discriminated. The challenge, ongoing challenges, as I, as I was saying in the earlier uh, conversation we were having, we have forgotten how to sing "We Shall Overcome." We sing "I Shall Overcome," and so there's big pots of money on the table that have been set aside through Congress. Yes, President Biden signed the bill that was put in front of him to once again deal with folks that have been discriminated against through the Department of Agriculture. If you were discriminated against, you should have some records, you should have some documentation, uh, you should be able to articulate. And then there's people, lawyers, and people that of goodwill that will help you fill out the application. The challenge, the ongoing challenge is, is, you know, if you didn't even have any land, okay, but you tried to get some land, okay, where did you try? Who did you try? Where did you try? What's the land? I mean, there's some basic things. And so, you know, me personally, somebody else gonna have to do that work. Focus should be, in my opinion, on going into production agriculture today and carving out space in the agricultural industry today. What we'll do is try and jump in and do a few comments in between uh, the conversation just to help you better understand uh, some of the directions that we're going with the conversation. Michael is very informed when it comes to history, when it comes to agriculture, when it comes to uh, best ways to get involved in, uh, you know, growing crops and so forth for um, for our country. And uh, just uh, the, the political side, uh, he knows a lot of people. And so... I will be throwing in some comments because we're not airing the entire podcast. It was very long. So we will try to shorten it a little bit for you and just try to help you to understand some things. So the next thing he's going to just briefly talk about is just uh, with politics. We always have some gaps in our society because of politics. To my understanding, Biden actually did sometimes it's, it's almost like a roundabout way to get a few billion dollars out there. Well, no, it's not. What we're talking about is politics. We don't have very many lobbyists. We don't have, I, mean, I go down the list of what we don't have. And, you know, this is federal legislation. And when Congress passed laws and then folks sued and stopped the process. 13 lawsuits. And these 13 lawsuits were presented by? Well, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't have all, there were 13 lawsuits. I, you know, I don't keep all that stuff in my head. They, they're I understand. Process, process. Nexus. Is that well, what you heard as well? There's people that want, didn't want that money to go billions of dollars to go to black folks. They sued. 
now you got to have some lawyers to answer the lawsuit. And so you didn't have lawyers to get into the trillion-dollar pot. So now who is the lawyer that's going to fight on your behalf for crumbs off the rich man's table? A couple billion dollars. One of the things that um, Michael and I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, um, it, it concerns uh, a debt relief program for minority farmers. And if you were to go to politico.com, and you can actually read an article, the title of that article is Historic Debt Relief for Minority Farmers Faces Legal Juggernaut. And it is talking about the debt relief, first of all, let's just define what that is. Michael M. Santiago of Getty Images uh, has uh, basically a picture of a minority farmer with his cattle, and then he also explains what debt relief is. So the debt relief program would cover the USDA loans of an estimated 16,000 farmers and ranchers who have been identified as Black, Native American, Alaskan Native, Asian American, Pacific Islander, and Hispanic and Latino in the Farm Service Agency records. So now that's what the debt relief program is about. And then going into the article that was written by Josh Gerstein and Zima Bustillo, uh, which was written on August 3rd, 2021 in Politico.com, uh, this is what they say. A string of legal defeats for a groundbreaking program to forgive the debts of minority farmers is presenting the Biden administration with a stark choice. It can continue the fight and risk further setbacks or give up and disappoint acti uh, activists and lawmakers who have championed the cause. The estimated $4 billion program is under siege by conservative legal groups, including one founded by close uh, aides to former President Donald Trump, who have filed at least 13 lawsuits arguing the debt relief effort uh, unconstitutionally discriminates on the basis of race. So that's what we were talking about when we said there have been a trillion dollars set aside for things like the agriculture and areas of agriculture. But then um, there were lawsuits filed which stopped the debt relief program for those minority farmers who basically needed some relief from their debt because their farms were not able to perform uh, as expected uh, with their crops or with their machinery, whatever their needs may have been, and they had borrowed money to help in those areas. So just to give you a little bit more information about what we were talking about when we mentioned a trillion dollars and then also uh, a few billion dollars that was then uh, set aside to help I'm spending my time and energy focusing on uh, 18 to 35 year olds in community colleges all over the state. If you want to join the Farm Bureau, it's $25 and you could learn what the, the agricultural industry is. Okay. If you're a veteran, we, there's a ton of programs now for veterans to go out, purchase land and go out and farm all through the South. About 25% of the farmers that we do have left are veterans because there's programs for veterans and you know most of them learn how to fight and have a, have some skill sets and then uh, the returning farmers that uh, are serious about production agriculture uh, you know the Farm Bureau we partner with the biggest farm organization in the nation to actually go into production okay so it sounds like you're saying join the Farmers Bureau 
the farm bill. Uh, if, if you're a veteran, then know that you have opportunities to purchase land. Uh, and are you also suggesting that people just get degrees in agriculture? Well, no. I, I the, the challenge that we have when we say agriculture, all we think about is farming. So every ship, every plane, every train, that's the transportation system for agriculture. Every time you pump your gas, that's there's a little sign there that says Department of Agriculture has like calibrated, make sure this gallon is actual gallon. You know, every hospital you go to, all of, all of these things are regulated and connected to agriculture and whether it's lawyers that we need whether it's insurance on the farm whether it's you know banking and finance whether it's the construction industry to build the house so you can have a place to live on your farm we have been traumatized by the slave experience that we don't even consider that agriculture is the foundation of our culture. And this is, you know, if you go back to classical African civilization, feeding the people, the sisters counted how many people in our community, figured out how much food we got to grow for a spiritual experience. We refuse to this day to um, consider that as a basis for our spiritual experience. And I'm talking about talking to minister leaders of, you know, the big black church groups. Agriculture is not on their radar screen. But when you start talking about, we had a million black farmers in 1920. We have about 30,000 now. We had, you know, 15 million acres. Now we have about three or four million acres. There's a broader agricultural is three hundred and fifty billion dollars just in California to work in landscape. Okay. Now, more specifically with Folsom, uh, I think it's a park uh, in Folsom. Yes. You want to tell us about that? Uh, this well, the, the 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 town of Negro Bar, Negro Hill, Mormon Island. Gold Rush. Uh, it's 175 years of history, and uh, let's just say 50 years ago, uh, about 60 years now, um, they, the state of California set up a park. They called it Negro Bar, a subunit of Folsom Lake Recreational Area, and so this was set aside to teach interpretive history of the contributions of black people in the gold rush era. And uh, the archival data of Joe and Shirley Moore that was at Sac State, that was at the library, the archival data that's in the national park system, uh, magically in the last couple of years, the stuff has disappeared. The Ground Railroad Network for Freedom um, is viable. They have staffed the position after 10 years and we're turning that back on to tell the history. There's over 50 sites uh, in the Gold Rush, California. 
and quite a job. It's over how many sites? 40 sites. Oh, okay. For in the gold rush. Now, when we start talking about agricultural sites, it's over four, it's, it's just say 400 easy. Towns up and down the Central Valley, towns and settlements where black people were. Um, so that's all documented. And the book club uh, should put on their list Delilah Beasley. Delilah, D-E-L-I-A-H, Leotina L. Beasley, B-E-A-S-L-E-Y. And the title of the book is The Negro Trailblazers of California. Okay. It's, well, the book I have is gold. I quote, that's the gold book. That's the Bible if you want to learn about California. Okay. Like California. There's many others. Um, and I'm partial to women off the they see things differently, right? A different style. But she's the best. And she went all over the state. She's a pretty black woman. Uh, you know, one of the first daily writers of a newspaper article, Oakland Tribune. You know, it's a bad system. And so that book is like a prerequisite. You know, if you if, if you want my time, my energy, and you know, not paying. <laughs> you ain't read that book. I, <laughs> you, you gotta take a prerequisite uh, before you take this upper level class. Okay, and so are there other books that you would recommend? Uh, I mean, there's, you you start where you start, but um, that's the best book uh, in terms of. Um, I, I'd say start where you are. If you're in Sacramento. Uh, go to the Sacramento Library. There's a Sacramento room downtown, and just go in there and say, "Hey, I got an interest in you know early pioneers of African descent. Point me in the right direction, and they will." If you're in San Francisco, go to the Moad. If you're in LA, go to. I mean, they have for real black uh, uh, museums with for real library and staff that can help you. Uh, we don't have that yet in Sacramento. Sojourner Truth is doing a wonderful job. They don't have staff. Uh, there that is steeped in local Sacramento history because you know it, it takes money, it takes a lot of work. So when I got to talk and sit down and chat, chat with Dr. John o. Franklin in his living room, uh, we had a wonderful conversation. We went out back and started, you know, propagating some orchid and you know pops. He was hanging out, but the idea that uh, you know I was able to spend time in with the baddest historian, one of the baddest ever walked in America. Uh, and his father was a lawyer uh, in Black Wall Street in Oklahoma. Well, frankly. So, you know, those blessings uh, to actually sit with the author of Mirror to America and, you know, be able to ask him questions about what I read and where you was a 35-year-old man, where, where would you go die deep down and be focused on? And so, you know, I, I have some good teachers that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the best student, but I'm one of the most persistent students. <laughs> John, John O. Franklin. And then his, his, his library and his, um, at Duke University, um, you know, I walk in the door, I'm golden.
Well, uh, tell us more about uh, the project there uh, that uh, with Folsom. Are there? Yeah, actually, uh, this this Friday at uh, 1.30, we'll be out there every second Friday of the month. We're going to have workshops, uh, agricultural workshops, and we're bringing a number of collaborative partners together uh, with the various state and federal agencies that are supposed to be um, working together to tell a story of, now that they want to call it black miners, okay, well, where did these black miners eat? You know, where did they come from? Uh, where did they go? Uh, you know, those basic questions haven't been taught and told at that site for well over 50 years. And what is the address that we would uh, uh it, It's, uh, if, if you just type in black miners bar or Negro bar, it'll come, there's no real address. It's, it's I think it's like 8,000, 8,900 Greenback Lane. But if you type in One Parkway, Black Miners Bar, it'll come up on the map. It, okay. it, you, you, you can't miss it. It's right uh, on Lake Natoma, right across the water from historic Folsom. Okay. So we're working with, the, uh, with regional transit. Uh, currently, if you get a dial-a-ride, if you get to the light rail station, They'll carry you over there with Dollar Ride to State Park. Um, but we're, we're everybody wants to make this happen because it's it's been uh, a contentious issue over the name. They spent millions and millions of dollars fighting about what they want to name. It. The legacy is see this is the challenge. You have one black man that owns thirty-five thousand five hundred twenty-one acres. The Honorable William Alexander Lightis he was the elected treasurer of San Francisco. The first. The treasurer. And this is in 1840, well, 1840, let's just say 1841, he got here. 1844, he receives <coughs> Mexican land. And he's elected treasurer. Builds the first public school in California. His steamships on the state signal. And in fourth grade, you're supposed to learn about him. So I decided to go out to Black Miners Bar and in the area, just to see what the area looks like, and then to hear a little bit more from Michael about uh, programs and projects that they would be having there. Uh, while I was there, I was able to run into Maximilian Rosa, who is with the Sierra um, Services Project. And he's going to talk about uh, what projects they are proposing uh, to have in that area for children. In Black Miners Bar State Park. Okay. For 50 years it was Negro Bar. Across the water that you see was Negro Bar, which is a mile-long area. Okay. And the town Negro Bar was just above that. Okay. Here you see the big cliff over there in okay. the background. You can pan yeah. out and see that. The water, the snow mount from the Sierra Mountains would come down this American River, mm -hmm. uh, the North Fork, the South Fork, the Middle Fork, and all of that would come right here into the American River. And they would hit this big giant limestone cliff and swirl around. And so for over 
time immemorial, let's just say 10,000 years, this was a big gold pan. Okay. There was gold on that mile-long area. And the African founding father of California, William Alexander Leidersdorf, that he had title to that land. And black folks was there mining gold, and so they called the town Negro Bar. Because the okay. Negroes was mining on that bar. Buying people out of slavery. This is 1848, 1849, it's a town. Buying people We're here to tell that history, to document that history, okay. to preserve that history. What did the people eat? How did they Actually, in the city of Folsom, but you can't see any building structure unless you know where to look and have to look hard. And that's what we want to keep. Well, that's why I live here. But the thing is, is that this town, this town was built by people of African descent in 1849. Okay. Before California, this was still Mexico, before California was a state. And before oh, so, okay, so black before. people got out of slavery, this was a town okay. built by black people. Okay. And this black man right here, that's not a good picture of him, but that's a picture of him. Okay. Uh, somebody's artistic interpretation of it. Uh, he was born in St. Croix, Virgin Islands. Uh-huh. He was a ship captain in New Orleans. He got put out of New Orleans in Negro Seaman Act. He came and built the Port of San Francisco. Built the first public school in California. It had 35,521 acres of land. All the land that you see on the other side of this Lake Natoma, he owned all of that. And so this story has not been told in a way by the look on your face. And you probably should get rid of that scowl. You ain't never heard of nothing I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I haven't. But then there are so many things I have never heard of. Uh, I told I told you in our book club we got about thirty seven universities represented. Yep. Nobody has but heard of the books that we're the history right. of the books that we're reading. Well, the, 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 re, the reason why people are able to go to school in California, he built the first public school in California. Oh my goodness! And so the fact that all that years of education y'all have, it has been hidden from you for a reason. And he's Afro-Cuban, Danish, Jewish, so you pick your poison. Why? We just finished reading Blacks in Latin America. Well, did they talk about this one? Well, they did talk about one that actually won the Revolutionary War for Mexico was black. General Vicente Guerrero. Yeah, there were two the generals as, that became the president, and yeah. then there were another another general too. But unfortunately, the Spanish killed him. Yeah, yeah, well, they killed Vicente too. Well, well, you can't be running around talking about I'm in the slavery. Think that was gonna be the end of it? <laughs> well, this is really nice. I really yeah, like this area. Everything that you see in here, you pan out so your camera gets it. Yeah. All of this is brand new, okay. and there's more to come. There's there's a half a billion dollars statewide to get people to come in the outdoors, have appreciation for the outdoors, preserve the outdoors. You might be interested in climate change if you come out and see a nice big 200-year-old oak tree and say, hey, maybe we need to like preserve this new thing. It's kind of nice. Versus yeah, cut it down and have, you know, a bassinet for two or three years and throw it away. Okay. Yeah, this is nice. This is very nice. This is the richest black community in America in 1845, or 1849. Why? 
There's no place else that you can just walk around and pick up gold off the ground. And, you know, go to San Francisco and order your family. I got the money. You're $5,000. Can I have mama, auntie, and whoever else is left? And so that's how he did it. That's what he wasn't the only one. The Underground Railroad Network to Freedom. This was the hub. It wasn't just this one spot. It was Negro Hill, Negro Village, Negro <laughs> Bar. Okay. There's nobody else in America. Got thirty-five thousand five hundred twenty-one acres. This is his his land, and they stole it. Let me tell you, they 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 U.S. Army Captain Joseph Folsom goes to Saint Croix and tells Lightestorm's mama, "Get some money, baby. This is what your land is worth." So, how are you working with this since you're quiet? To let you know if you'd Google Black Miners Bar in Folsom, California, you will actually uh, have a GPS so that you can drive out and take a look yourself. They're still in the process of deciding what all projects and things will be available for education purposes and so forth. And then there's an area where you will see a shed and a smaller little house as well as a bigger home 
and that house will actually house the office to my understanding uh, once they are able to get everything together. Uh, so you may want to take a ride out, especially during the um, Black History Week in February. So just wanted to give you that information and uh, the next conversation you'll hear is we're actually standing out in the area be in front of the shed and the house that will eventually become an office for uh, various programs that Michael Harris will be working with. There is no goal. Uh, it, it, they're going to start moving them faster because I got a bunch of different agency heads coming out here for Black History Month. So, I mean, just, I told them, I said, Yeah, you could say that we never did it, but you know, there's plenty of people that have done. 
and there's plenty of people, the books that are there. Um, and as I said, for 25 years, the Underground Railroad Network for Freedom. Okay, so there's, this is 18, We would like to thank Michael Harris for being with us today here on Bridge the Gap. Uh, as you know, we like to talk about ways to improve our mind, body, spirit, and soul. And I think there are two things that we can draw from this conversation. One is that improving our mind, we have got to go after the education. If we want to better understand what our true education is in, say, California and also America, because we touched on many subjects, uh, then we need to educate ourselves. And so the other thing is the spirit. Uh, one of the things that he brought out is that the land is connected with the spirit as well and the experiences that we have when we're on the land. Uh, so we're looking at both mind and spirit today. Uh, and it has been very good information. I ask that you go out to the Black Miners uh, Park and, uh, and enjoy it. At least go see what is there now. In February, they are actually preparing for Black History uh, Month, and so make sure that you go out take uh, take advantage of that. We always like to leave you with some books that you can uh, uh, purchase or read or go to the library and and check out because we want to continue to improve our mind. Uh, so he mentioned several that I would like to uh, mention to you for your book collection. John Hope Franklin, and the name of the book is From Slavery to Freedom. Also, there's a biography, I think, an autobiography of Mirror to America. The other author that he mentioned was Delilah Beasley, and her book is The Negro Trailblazer of California. And the third book, uh, Joanne Robinson, uh, which uh, Montgomery Bus Boycott is the name of the book, uh, The Woman Who Started It. So Montgomery Bus Boycott, The Woman Who Started It. So I would like to emphasize, too, some of the things that he, he really talked about and feel very passionate about is that if you own land or if you're planning to own land, join the Farm Bureau in your city, uh, your state, uh, and just make sure that you attend the meetings and learn more. The other thing is 
the history, and especially when we're talking about miners, the Black Miners Bar uh, area, the point of that is that there were experiences, experiences by African Americans. Uh, way back to 1850, there was a town of black people in California. However, that is not necessarily mentioned in our history. So what did they do? What were their experiences? Was there gold? How did they, me- how did they uh, find the gold? Uh, the, the key is we need to desire and encourage uh, all people to consider that we need equitable opportunity for African-American history. So that's one of the things that Michael was very passionate about, and I feel passionate about it too because I have a book club with that in mind to find that history that most of us do not know about, even though we have college degrees and several college degrees, but we are not aware of some of the history that is out there because it was not taught when we were in school, in college, uh, in graduate school. So we so thank you for joining us here at Bridge the Gap. And again, we thank the 11 different countries that uh, are listening to us these days. So we, it is our pleasure to be with you, to share information with you, and hopefully some of the books that we refer you to, you can pick up and enjoy yourself and just spread the information to others. Okay, we have enjoyed your time. Be blessed today. This is Shirley Smith and Bridge the Gap.